Hello, everybody out there in Internet Radio Land. There's a little sparrow that came and just landed on a tree right in front of me here. And I guess he heard that music. Oh, it's that time, that time of the day again, time of the week, when this guy here, he has his radio show. Well, welcome, everybody, to my show, Gods and Goddesses. You are God in the making. Yes, you are. If you can die, you are God in the making. Yes. How are you all? I'm doing okay myself. And it's, uh, I was just talking with Don. And many thanks to Don and Doug. Uh, they're, they're the best. They're the greatest. You know, it's, it's really, oh, there's a little hummingbird too. Wow. Over in the distance landed on a branch. I'm popular. I like it. I like to be popular. You know, I come to watch and listen. And so, uh, yeah, many thanks to BBS Radio, you know, just for the opportunity to have this taped and, and put in archives that I can listen to later myself if I want to, you know. It's cool. So I talk about all kinds of things in my show, and tonight is not any different. I'm going to go from one subject to the other, whatever comes to mind, because that's the way I like doing it. I do structure my show sometimes. I write down things. There goes the hummingbird. Man, they can fly fast. Zoom. Off they go. Little things, too. You know, they flap their wings like so many beats per second. It's amazing. Anyway, so tomorrow's Easter Sunday. I was just saying, first, let me tell you, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I am a singer. I've told you that on shows before in the past. I'm a pretty accomplished singer. I sing for the Wounded Warriors. That's one of the best things I've done. In my life, you know, I worked for the Army. I retired after 22 years. I'm a veteran. I retired as a Sergeant First Class E-7 in the Army. And none of this information is classified, by the way. So uh, you should know that. You can know that. I can tell you that. And then I continued working for the Army as a contractor and now as a civilian. I'm 66 years old, 67 in August. and Back in 2013, I started going to the Warrior and Family Support Center on Fort Sam Houston and singing with the Wounded Warriors. That's what I do. Uh, I mean, I love doing it. I go there, and I haven't done it since last February, February of 20, when just before COVID began. And I go there, and I sing my songs for them. You know, I usually go, they invite me at lunchtime. They have all these different organizations that come and provide lunch for the wounded warriors, you know, whom I love and I love entertaining for them. Uh, you know, they come walking by. They're standing in lunch, in the lunch line. Sometimes it could be 40, 50, you know, all walking around that place. The atmosphere is so casual and laid back, and it's a nice environment to sing in, you know. So I've got all my songs that I, I started learning over the years, one song after another after another more and more songs. And I'm learning new songs all the time. Recently, I just learned uh, Paradise by Coldplay and uh, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. I don't know if you ever heard of that song. Check it out. The Bittersweet Symphony. Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. And it's, uh, it's like one of the best songs in the world. And so it starts off, Cause it's a bittersweet Symphony, that's life. 
anyway, it's, it's a cool song. So I learned about, in my repertoire, got about 125 songs I know by heart. And sometimes they get a little rusty because it's hard to keep my chops off in each one, you know? And then I know gospel songs because I'm a member of the gospel choir at the Freedom Chapel on Lackland Air Force Base, you know? And they just, we're going back tomorrow. I've been away for a couple, a uh, few weeks because um, when we had that huge storm, that winter storm that hit us uh, back in February, it, a lot of pipes burst in the building and flooded the floors and they had to replace the carpet and clean up, you know. So we're going back tomorrow for Easter Sunday. Anyway, sing for the Wounded Warriors. I go and I sing for an hour, an hour and a half. And I'm, I've been talking, I talked with my POC there back in October, and he said, well, you can't come right now because of COVID, you know, and the Army Support Activity in Fort San Houston is in charge, and they're, they're telling them when they can have people back, you know, so to prevent the spread of COVID and all that stuff. Anyway, on that subject, I got my second shot last Monday, so I'm fully vaccinated now, yay. Which means I can go on cruises. Yes, it's been a long time since I took my last cruise. My wife and I back in February. Yes, cruising. Oh, so much fun. You know, I've had a vacation. We all need to have a vacation once in a while, and I think you too need a vacation. We all do. Get away. You know, and cruises over the years since 1989. I've taken about lost count actually maybe 30 close to 30 cruises you know like sometimes once a year twice a year mostly on carnival cruise lines because i think they're the best you know for your dollar value wise you know they're a great vacation value all the food's provided right and just to remind you you that are listening to me right now you need to do everything in moderation when you go on a cruise take some advice from an old veteran an expert on cruises do everything in moderation whether it's eating or drinking or eating sweets not too much otherwise you might get sick you don't want that you know so my stepdaughter and my three grandchildren two actually two granddaughters got a reservation for him in August and uh, my stepdaughter is saying she doesn't want to get vaccinated. Well, you got a choice. Either get vaccinated or not go on a cruise. And we'll see what happens. Anyway, back to the Wood Warriors. So I, I sing all these different songs. Today I, I practice for you songs and I realize you know what, Blake? That's my name, Blake. You are great. You are. I'm just totally awesome. I'm just a, a great singer. I really am. I've been thinking about all these different subjects about God, nature, love, you know, life issues, you know, people that have relationships that are broken up, you know, a guy cheats on his wife. I don't do that, but there are some people that do. You know, I've got a, a song for every kind of situation, you know, it's cool. And it's really one of the best things I've done in my life. And I was wondering, can I say I'm great? I'm the greatest. I'm not going to say I'm the greatest. One thing I have learned, and I keep resolving these issues that I've got, they're on my mind, you know, that I'm trying to work through. And one of them is 
how to hold the microphone, you know. I've talked about this in previous shows before. Do I hold it with my left or my right, you know? Sing into a microphone on a stand, you know? Or maybe no microphone. Maybe I'll go with a wireless headset, you know? And so all these thoughts come to my mind. I was my wife today, and she said, you just analyze it too much, you know, just... Good thing, but I can't do that. I, I have to do things the right way. For me, it's all about logic, you know. So, and I've said this before, and no offense to any singer out there. I don't want to burst your bubble or shake your faith or whatever, but truly what I've learned, and I mean, as you get older, you notice these things, the body starts to degenerate a little bit. And so doing things the right way is of primary importance. You know, and you might sing with just your right right hand, holding the microphone with your right hand for all your life. But then when you get older, you know, you're going to, in my opinion, based on what I, I experience, what I go through second by second, you know, it, you have to distribute the singing with one hand or the other. With, if you hold the mic, you have to hold the microphone in both hands, in other words, so you can gesture with both hands. You got it? You understand? That's one reason. Also, it's, uh, there's a science behind it. It's not rocket science, but it's like, you know, you're, you're singing with one side of your body, then, you know, you got all your efforts in muscular movements going to that one side and you're leaving the other side kind of not you know it's like being ambidextrous you know that ultimately is the best way you know you use your right hand or your right arm as much as your left hand and your left arm so what i do and i've done this before but i realize now this is the way this is the way ahead where you can exercise both left and right hand and arm equally. That is the logical thing to do because that's what I'm saying. You want to ensure your longevity so that you can live to be a ripe old age of 90, you know, and not wind up with some kind of muscular atrophy or whatever, one lung, having lung problems later on in life, you know. Anybody who out there who's listening who's an accomplished singer, you know, you can see the logic in this. I'm not trying to compete with you and say, hey, I'm doing this, and you need to do it too. I challenge you to do what I'm doing. I'm just saying, I'm kind of an experimenter kind kind of guy who likes to determine the right and wrong way of doing things, you know. And, and you can take it or leave it, you know. Believe me or not, but really, if you're an accomplished singer and you use a handheld microphone, you got to distribute the singing equally from left to right hand. Now. There's a lot of people I, I watch all the time. I was watching Frankie Beverly. You know, may God bless him. He's a great guy. Holds the wrong microphone with the right hand. I can tell you so many different right-hand artists, you know, Frank Sinatra, Cher, Barbara Streisand, all hold, mainly hold uh, the microphone with the right hand. Tony Bennett with the left hand. Martine McBride, left hand. Celine Dion, left hand. Joe Elliott, Eminem, left hand, you know, but how do you speak with a phone into a cell phone? Do you, don't you shift hands when you're talking? Or do you just hold the hand with the cell phone with one hand? Same thing, same principle. Come on. You know, here on planet Earth, at this 
time, right now, this very second, we're going through a process of doing what's right, determining what's right and what's wrong in so many different aspects of our life. And we should be concerned to do the right thing, you know, because this, as I've mentioned before, we're living on a lower category planet. You know, we've been through a lot of war in the past. So it's a constant endeavor to do the right thing to help make the world a better place, even in the small things in our lives, you know, even the, the minor things that you don't think too much about. But believe it or not, you go down the road, you come, walk by somebody, and you have an option of smiling and saying hello, waving to them, or or not. But I believe that if you do that, if you just those little small random acts of kindness to make the world a better place, it's the same kind of principle, if you will, you know, to perfectionize, if you will, if you like that word, I like it what you're doing in every aspect of your life. With me, I was just talking about singing. You know, I'm a singer. I love to watch singers. Now, if you watch Shania Twain, remember her? Man, I feel like a woman. She, oh, man, she switches the microphone. I counted about every 20 seconds. She shifts the microphone, microphone from the left hand to the right hand, then back, back one hand to the other. But she's got her act down pat. I think that's probably the best way to do it you know but for me i'm a logical mathematical kind of guy and i i don't see that you can distribute it equally and otherwise you're wasting your time if you're not going to do it right then don't even try you know but you should try just like a, a baseball player might learn to bat from the left side instead of the right side you know being ambidextrous has its benefits you know it's like it'll ensure your longevity to help you live longer years, right? So me, what I do is I've got, I'm going to sing maybe 16 songs in an hour and a half at the Wounded Warriors. Every song I sing, I'll hold the microphone with one hand. So I might start off with the left hand, next song, right hand, third song, left hand, and so on. That, my friend, is the right way of doing it. Unless you're going to sing into a microphone on a stand but that's no fun because you can't move around you can't go walk the stage and you're breathing it doesn't you can breathe better really when you have a handheld microphone madonna used to in concert she used to have the wireless headset and she did that for a few years but then she went back to the microphone why is that you might ask well it's all about too, when you're using a handheld microphone, you can control the volume of your voice better. You can project it better. You can hear yourself, you know, and you can make yourself louder or not so loud, you know? But anyway, so much about this thing. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, when I get off um, the show here today, and uh, thanks again to BBS Radio for allowing me to do this. You people out there in internet radio land listening to me, maybe in a country who knows where at all hours of the day you know whatever time zone i'm glad you um you've tuned into my show gods and goddesses because you are a god or a goddess we're equal men and women are equal my friend a god is not higher than a goddess a goddess is not higher than a god 
And yes, we are co-creator gods and makers. You will find out. I know, I guarantee you, you're going to heaven. Eventually you'll get there. You might have to go to God's jail for a little while because you did some wrong things, you know. Or maybe you just won't get up all the way to heaven, you know. It's 93 million miles away, but there's a plane up above the clouds, kind of like a, a parallel dimension, if you will, a fourth dimension, parallel universe. And there are buildings up there in crystal. It's another existence. Or you could stay earthbound like some ghosts. You know, I was talking with my son the other day. All ghosts really are people just like you and me who have died suddenly and violently. As simple as that. You know, nothing to be afraid of. I see these ghost shows on television, Ghost Nation and others. You know, it can be kind of scary. You know, they go to these houses and they bring all that equipment with them and then they're talking. Is this John? John, are you there? John, did you die violently when you were a boy? You know, just knock on the door if you are there or. Could you give us a signal, you know, and sometimes they do or make the door open by itself, you know. I think some of the, the stuff is staged, really. But uh, I believe, I mean, that most of it is authentic. They're just like you and me. Are you you listening out there to my show? You could be, you're a potential ghost and so am I, you know. That's why it's a primary importance, my friends, that you develop yourself spiritually so that you won't be stuck on the earthbound plane that when you die, you'll rise up. You grow a pair of wings, so to speak, and up you go, escaping the bounds of the Earth's atmosphere up into that hmm, angelic realm, if you will, where there are lots of angels. That's we came from a place where angels are walking around all the time. And they still are, which you can't see them, because why? Poke yourself in the eye, that's why. Because you've got two eyes in your skull, that when you those cease to exist, then you know, like when you die, your eyes no longer work. So, you know, the five senses—they're physical senses. If you get what I mean, you know, the spirit which is inside the body also has senses that are more acute. You know, you can see even better when you're a spirit. You can see like in different dimensions, like 360 degrees. You can see all around you. You can hear. You can see sounds and, and you can hear, um, what's the word? Smells. I mean, you can see smells. You can hear smells. It's really, people that have been there, you know, that have died and come back to life, they talk about, you know, just the, the properties of the spirit are just amazing. And anyway, and on the subject of Easter Sunday, would you do me a favor, please? Uh, and yesterday was Good Friday. My wife was saying, why do they call it Good Friday? It seems like they should call it Bad Friday because Jesus was crucified on bad on Good Friday, which is really bad. It should be Bad Friday, right? What's so good about Good Friday that Jesus was crucified? But if you want to see a really good video, do me a favor, write this down. Check it out on YouTube. It's called The Revelation Song by Philip Craig and Dean. And there's a, a compilation of video clips that they make up uh, in that song, the Revelation song, and it's all about uh, the baby Jesus when he's born, and it goes back and forth uh, to the man who was, you know, in the process of being crucified, what he had to go through, you know, being beaten. When they 
decided to um, crucify, crucify. But really, you know, I don't want to shake your faith out there. And remember, this is my opinion, and I don't intend to offend anybody. But if you listen to my show, then I know you, you listen to my you listen to my opinions, whether or not you believe them. But the baby that was born in Bethlehem and the man who died on the cross so were two different beings, in my opinion. And I don't want to get too much into the details because I've talked about this before. But suffice it to say, my friends, that we do have some extraterrestrial brothers and sisters out there that have intervened in our past. And all the miracles that Jesus performed, and you know, and that video is full of some of the uh, the miracles that Jesus performed, you know, healing the um, the lame man, healing the blind man, walking on the water, you know, calming the seas. And that wasn't in the video, but uh, feeding the 5,000 people at the Sermon on the Mount, raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, people kind of get away from that. They, they don't even think about that too much because it's, it's a lot to think about to understand just how did he do that, you know? Oh my God, well, you don't really give it a lot of thought. People don't give it a lot of thought. They don't write it down, you know, in a couple of pages. Well, this is what happened, you know. Um, it's really some very good technology that was there by the extraterrestrials, you know, that were in constant communication with the, the man who was brought to Earth uh, for the three last years of his life, you know. That ministry, which was full of miracles, and ultimately the greatest miracle of all, which was the resurrection. And that's not too hard to understand, really. Let me explain. Do you remember the movie Avatar? I've talked about this before. How they could put their bodies into the blue bodies. Now, just pretend for a second, if you will. Use your imagination. Einstein said that a measure of one's intelligence is just how much one can use one's imagination. Imagine if they were the superior beings, the blue bodies with the tails, which is not too far-fetched, you know. Then how about if they put themselves into those coffin-like contain containers and they put their spirit into a human body? And then that human body walked around, you know, and then they could create whatever body uh, they wanted to, you know, all kinds of different facial characteristics, any hair, you know, on the head, maybe a beard or a goatee, all kinds of, you know, unique facial characteristics. And so that's what these extraterrestrials did. They created a human body. Now, that's an amazing process in and of itself, isn't it, my friends? Yeah, I think how difficult that is because I understand there's, like different kinds of bodies that go into a, a human body, a fluidic body, a physiological body. I read about it one time, like three or four different bodies, and then the astral body itself goes in there, you know, the spirit. And then they ride around, they walk around, and it's like, hey, they say that aliens are walking around among us, you know, and angels too. Why? Because they can, when they can genetically alter themselves to resemble human beings. It's just pretty advanced technology. Not too far to believe in, you know, not hard to believe in. Because, you know, over the last 150 years or so here on Earth, we've come pretty far, technologically speaking. You know, we've done some pretty amazing things from our fighter jet to uh, the kind of um, to computers to um, cell phones, you know. 
I could call my stepdaughter in Tokyo right now and have a FaceTime with her if I wanted to. You know, isn't that amazing? Well, just multiply that technology by say 100, and you can understand that some of these ETs are able to travel throughout the universe in a very quick fashion. You know, so. They don't tell you about that in the Bible, that Jesus, you know, excuse me if I get a little bit vulgar here, uh, Jesus uh, had to go behind the bush and defecate, you know, and he had to relieve himself, um, you know, um, make a pee-pee uh, several times a day, you know, and they don't talk about that, which reminds me. I saw Kong and Godzilla, you know, Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong last night. I was... I watched it, and that was pretty cool special effects, you know, what they can do. And they, I wish they would do more creative things with their special effects, you know, like maybe um, a real-life abduction, alien or extraterrestrial abduction, or near-death experience, kind of like um, having this for real, you know, and, and show some pretty cool stuff that people talk about that they see in heaven. Or um, angels, you know, extraterrestrials, their spacecraft. They could do so much with their special effects technology. But I was talking about one today, you know, pretty cool special effects, you know, Godzilla. A couple of things I, I noticed. You know, Godzilla, he looked like a, a man, uh, a male uh, creature, you know. But where is his penis, you know, and his genitalia, in other words? I didn't, they don't show you his genitalia. You know, being a big old buck male gorilla, you would think he'd have would have all that stuff down there. You know, but they, yeah, we are. Aren't we inhibited as a as a civilization? You know, we don't even think about that. You, I mean, what we come a long way since the '60s. You know, when you know that they women's cotex. You know, um, what are they called tampons? They wouldn't even think about doing commercials back then, but now, I mean, they talk about everything. Um, pretty much, not everything, you know, as I was just case in point, what I was just talking about. And, you know, they talk about constipation, you know, taking um, laxatives, you know, or um, some pretty personal stuff nowadays, but still, there's a long way to go, right? Yes, agreement? Agree? Well, we can do better, right? What are we afraid of? You know, we got clothes to wear clothes on. You know, go to a nudist camp. This Use your imagination again. Now, I know there's some people out there that are pretty uninhibited, you know, that there are nudists out there that belong to nudist colony. So, you know, it's a cool thing. I mean, I think I could handle it. I wouldn't mind trying it, you know, just for a day or so, just walk around, no clothes on, meet other people, shake their hands, you know. That's cool. I mean, that's getting rid of your inhibitions, you know. You have to recognize that you have some inhibitions first, you know. Some people think they're, they're perfect. Uh, they're invis- invincible. You know, they'll never die. And they're wrong. Just wrong. Yeah. But who am I to judge people? I don't, you know, my fellow human being. You gotta love them. Yeah, right. We should be adoring each other. And, uh, anyway, so back to Easter, Easter Sunday. So if you imagine a scenario like I was talking about with the avatar, you know, and, uh, the human, Jesus, he died on the cross, right? Now, the part about him dying for our sins, I don't believe that. That's my opinion. Nonsense, I say. Fantasy, fairy tale. Why? Adam and Eve. Fantasy, myth. Didn't happen. The first 
human beings here on Earth were extraterrestrials who came from another planet. You got to be in touch with reality. That's what that's another thing about to what I was talking about. You know, the clothes you wear uh, being inhibited. It's reality. Jesus, you know, thinking, knowing that he had to relieve himself once or twice a day. That's reality. Are you in touch with reality? Can you handle that? If not, then you're living off in fantasy land, you know, Adam and Eve, fantasy land. The first extraterrestrials were um, from another planet, I'll tell you. In accordance with the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, the first people here on Earth were a yellow, you know, Asian, and black race from a planet in our Milky Way galaxy called Bacchurini. You might want to write it down, Bacchurini. Read that book, though. It's a cool book. And the Asian race settled in Burma, China, you know, Japan, in that area there, and the blacks settled in Australia, the first human beings on Earth. At that time, that was about a million five hundred thousand years ago. And our planet really is not too much older than that, contrary to what some scientists believe, you know, but they, they love to exaggerate anyway. Um, I don't believe everything they say. I don't think our our sun and our planet is four billion years old. Nonsense, I say, you know. I don't don't believe you, I say. I just don't believe you. Go your own way. Believe what you want to believe, but I don't believe it. Period. 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 So, Easter Sunday, Imagine, use your imagination again, please. The Jesus died on the cross, right? Not for our sins. I mean, you have a relationship. You are a child of God. You are born a child of God. Jesus said so himself, you know. That great, great man who walked the earth. Check out that video, please. The Revelation song. Do me a favor. See that. It's beautiful music. Worthy is the... Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is he. And then the video clips are just awesome. You know, the miracles seem to do the miracles, and he did those miracles. He really did. You know, but he said, Our Father who art in heaven, on the Sermon on the Mount, he taught, someone said, Can you please tell us how to pray? Yes, Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven. Oh, hold, stop, stop, stop. Our Father. Come on, what the heck is wrong with some of you people out there? Our Father, you that believe in Jesus and yet you still say that he was the only son of God. Crazy. Just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, that's what you are, you know. You just uh, can't think for yourself. You, you need someone else to tell you. And then you promulgate it throughout the years. You know, it's just but. I love you. Come on, you know, let's not harp on ourselves too much. I know you're just a young soul. We're different souls, you know. I might have a few extra lives on you. Maybe you've lived more lives than I have, past lives, you know. Easter Sunday, yeah. So you can have a personal relationship. You don't need Jesus. If you want to worship Jesus, go right ahead. Be my guest. One day you'll find out the truth. You don't need an intermediary. That's just me. Hey, you don't have to you can go somewhere else and listen to some other show if you want, you know. But then some people might agree with me and say, yeah, I'll keep on listening to Blake. You know, he's cool. I know some stuff. He didn't die for our sins. You have a personal relationship 
with Jesus and God, the mother and the father, and the supreme creator of the universe who initiated the Big Bang. You don't need forgiveness. You can pray for forgiveness all the time. Your creator of your soul and spirit is listening to you. You, you can, it's hardwired in your brain that you can communicate with your creator. Jesus died on the cross. Why? Because he wants to be resurrected. That was the greatest miracle. Would you please embrace that and forget about the sins? Oh, silly people out there, I tell you. I mean, he died to be resurrected. They told his disciples he was going to be resurrected. He knew that's what his mission was, that he was going to live for three years, perform all these miracles, build the faith of the people in him. Imagine when he raised Lazarus from the dead, the looks on their faces. Lazarus, come forth. He came out of that, that cave. How did he do it? It's a very good technology in coordination with the ETs above. You see, they very surreptitiously beam down from their spaceship into... Lazarus's room one night when everyone was sleeping it administered an injection of a very special drug that could lower the heartbeat not to where the person was dead but it looked as though they were dead and when the next day happened next day came and they woke up it looked like he was dead and you know he didn't wear they couldn't revive him they checked his pulse and it, it appeared that he was dead and so they buried him in the tomb and four days went by and then they beamed into the tomb and administered a special drug you know these ets um, they got it down you know they know what's happening technologically speaking they're millions of years in advance of us you know what i'm saying and so then that revived lazarus who got up walked out oh their faces i would have loved to have seen their faces Oh, yeah. So oh, I would have loved to see your faces. And Jesus, he was like, yeah. Look who's the man now. Yes, sir. Oh, I feel so good. That's all right. Give him something to eat. Hey, I'm the man. Look what I did. I raised the man from the dead. Of course, the word got around to the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the scribes and Sadducees. Sadducees. How do you pronounce that? Anyway, the scribes, the Pharisees. Anyway, and they said, oh, well, I have to see this with my own eyes to believe it. I don't believe that. No, no. You're being fooled, basically. You know, these people are, are, are going crazy. They don't know what they're seeing. Because they have to see it with their own eyes. It's like if I, if a flying saucer came and appeared in front of me right now. Oh, my God, there's a flying saucer. Oh, oh I'm nursing the ETs. I see them in it. Oh, would you believe me? No, because you'd want to see it with your own eyes. You know what I'm saying? The same thing. And so, but Jesus knew. He knew what would happen. You know, he had to go through all these steps. And um, all these, you know, the miracles and everything he went through. And he knew he'd have to endure a lot of pain. Now, like an avatar, when they put their bodies into the blue body, and they felt everything in those blue bodies, you know. You know, you still feel pain. And Jesus, he felt a lot of pain. You know, the 
crown of thorns on his head, the beatings, the whippings, the lashings, being punched and kicked by the Roman guards, you know. And then to have the, the nails nailed into his his hands or his wrists or and his feet, and then to be hung up on a cross, and that's like the one of the worst ways to die because you you're slowly suffocating to death. And he went through that. He felt every second of pain. And he said, Father, forgive them because they know what they're doing. Why? Because they're very low evolutionary people back then. The Romans were technologically speaking the more advanced than anyone else, you know, but still nothing compared to what we have today, right? And then what happened? He gave up the ghost. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he died. A body died. His head hung down. He stopped breathing. His heart stopped. And then a storm broke out. Thunder in the distance. It began to rain. And down below there was Mary and his mother and John and other people. And the Roman guards, they actually felt something. They say the ground shook too. You know, these ETs, they can do anything, you know. They're not a fantasy, they're reality. You know, God, the creator of the universe, is an all-powerful and all-knowing God. To think that the all-powerful and all-knowing God couldn't create life on another planet is an insult to the creator's intelligence. Do you want to insult the creator? I think not. Yeah. You have to understand, you have to comprehend what all-powerful, omnipotent, and omniscient is. Once you understand that, then you will know in your heart of hearts that the universe is teeming with life. But if you choose to remain in the fifth grade with the intelligence of a fifth grade, then go ahead. You might have to understand. You're a young soul. You can do what you want to do. So what did they do? Jesus was taken to the tomb, put inside the tomb, and just like, you know, for the sake of theatrics, three days. It could be three days, three days. By then, you should realize that it was a miracle because it would have been like a day, right? Then, oh, well, they buried him. He wasn't really dead. And he came back to life. That's what they would have said. But three days, yeah, I figure, you know, someone's in the tomb for three days, yeah, that's believable, you know? That's believable. So what they do, they beamed into the ETs. They beamed them aboard the spaceship, that dead body. You know, they beamed the dead body on board the spaceship and went about the process of repairing his body. You know, all the different, well, the holes, they said, well, let's just keep the holes in the hands and holes in the feet so that he can walk around and say, hey, look, you know, I still got the holes in the hand where they crucified me. Now you believe me even more? And they might have cleaned up his head, you know, some of the, um, where the, crown of thorns was, his, his back. You know, they can do it. Some very good technology. They can heal. You know, it's just like putting a new layer of skin on the body, you know? So, just like an avatar, okay? Jesus, you know, he's real, but he's in his real body, which is like an E.T. body, hermaphrodite, nine feet tall, you know? Beautiful, beautiful beings out there. You gotta love them, you know? Because they've been interacting with our planet for thousands of years. They've intervened in our past before. Just think about Moses. I won't go into all the details, but suffice it to say, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, all some of those miracles that were done in Egypt, 
courtesy of your friendly neighborhood extraterrestrials, my friends. Yes. You might have an idea that it was something else, but really that's just a fantasy and you don't have any details whatsoever about how that may have been accomplished, may have been accomplished. No offense, you know, if you don't take offense to what I said, I'm just, it's ultimately it comes down to, it's just what I believe, you know, you don't have to believe what I believe, but you should believe what I believe. You should, because I've got nothing to gain from this, you know, I don't get paid by BBS radio. I pay them. I'm just sharing this information. Basically what I've learned from others, my friends. What I've learned from other people, just like you. I'm just, I put it all together and now I'm giving it back. So anyway, they fixed this body up, the Jesus body, the extraterrestrials, you know, nine feet tall, hermaphrodites. Read it in the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, or Thy Uber the Golden Planet. And these are extremely, 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 extremely intelligent extraterrestrials, you know. Their spaceship or around about 70 meters in diameter can travel like a thousand times the speed of light, you know, they go interdimensional and they can jump from one galaxy to another, so to speak, you know. I mean, it's like they're in total command of the natural laws of the universe. They, they understand them and know how to manipulate them. So anyway, this ET gets back into his box and transfers his spirit to the physical body, which they just fixed, right? And that's probably the last thing he said was, man, this is going to be great watching their faces when I come back, walking around for 40 days, you know. Oh, we're going to love it. Man, I would do that. I'd give, I'd give a million dollars to do that myself, you know, just to see their faces. You know, I'd die on the cross, too. I want to go. In my next life, I'd say, you know, I stand before my spirit, mother, and father in heaven. Hey, you know, I, I really would like to go to Thaya Uba, which is a ninth category planet in our universe, you know, the most highly evolved planet, you know, which is just like, a ver it's like heaven on earth, you know, the atmosphere, everything's pristine, pure, clear, you know, animals don't eat each other. It's just wonderful, you know, it's beautiful. That's where these ETs live, you know? And so when you get to that stage of advancement in evolution, then the higher powers in the universe say, well, you need to take care of some of these older planets. Just like, you know, you take care of a little brother or a little sister. If you're in the 12th grade and they're in the fifth grade, you look after them. So that guardianship, you know, mentorship, it's required in the universe, believe it or not. And so these ETs, you know, they've been in existence longer than us because the, you know, solar systems are born and they're created one after another and then a galaxy is formed and then a new galaxy and so on, one solar system after another. Here we are, you know, 15 billion light years from the center of the universe from where the Big Bang was initiated in a spiral arm, the Milky Way galaxy. So we're kind of the newcomers on the block, but there's still, I mean, it all depends on our souls if we're an advanced soul, an old soul, or a young soul. You know, how many lives, past lives do you have? We can't remember because we were made to forget, you know, when we came, when we were born. Hey, you remember when you were born? Why not? Come on. You should be able to remember. Your eyes were still working back then, right? And your brain was functioning. Why can't you remember? I can't either, okay? I'm just joking. So anyway, the ETs, 
who had been driving the body of Jesus around, all of a sudden gets back into that body, just like an avatar, right? And they they beam him, or maybe they, they fly their spaceship under the cover of night, there by the Sea of Galilee in the mountains, when no one's watching, you know, and they sleeping. And they might have some cloaking device, too, you know, where they can land and not be seen, you know, so they won't be seen by some shepherds watching their sheep or whatever, waking up in the middle of the night. Hey, what is that? Oh, my God. What is that? You know, a spaceship. Oh, 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 oh. And uh, oh, there, here comes some people out, you know, through a door. Oh, oh, oh. So Jesus comes out. And what does he do? He goes to the tomb. And um, so they roll the stone away. So people can look in there and see that the only things left in the in the tomb are just some clothes, you know. That'll, that'll get their imaginations going. Oh, my God. He's risen from the grave just like he said he would. He said, he said, in three days, I'll raise, raise up. But they didn't really grasp that. They didn't really understand it. You know, it kind of went whoosh, over their heads for everybody, you know, whoosh, over their heads. I'll be, he said, I'm going to be raised in three days. But then, you know, Mary um, and Martha, I, I think they went to check out the tomb, put some flowers there, and they saw the stone had been rolled away. And they looked inside and, of course, those aren't angels. You know, angels, they, they function on different levels. They were ETs. They look like angels. They can make themselves look like angels. Believe me. And so, so why are you looking for the dead among the living? And so they freaked out. They went running back to John and Peter. Hey, we, we, just, we just saw some angels. The, the tomb's empty. Jesus it is gone. And they looked at each other. Just like he said he would. How stupid of us to not remember that. Oh, so they went running to the tomb, and sure enough, you know, they, Peter went inside, looked around. My God, there's his clothes. He's gone. He's gone. He, he's risen. You know, and, and all of a sudden the world got men. They, I think, um, maybe it was, I forgot to mention, um, I think he also appeared to Martha, maybe before that. She saw him, right? And uh, he said, don't touch me because I'm not yet gone to the Father. Is that a that would work, uh, you know. I don't know if he actually said that, you know, because whoever wrote that down, I don't know if they're telling the truth exactly the way it was, you know. But he might have said something like, in my opinion, it probably would have been more appropriate, something something more appropriate would have been, uh, don't touch me because, you know, you might freak out. You know, you don't want to touch. It might have some adverse effects on you physiologically later on in your life, you know. You know what I mean? So then he appeared to them while they were fishing one night. You know, they'd fished all night, didn't catch anything. So they're about maybe a couple hundred feet from the shore. And so he's got a cloak around. He's got his robe on and a cloak over his head. And he says, hey, young man, you catch anything? And they say, no, not a thing. Peter says, not a thing. Well, put your nuts out over on the right side of the boat, and you'll catch something. And Peter looks at some of the other disciples, and but well, is this guy kidding? Okay, well, just do it, you know. So they put the net out on the right side of the boat, and oh, my God, it just got filled with fish. Jesus did that, of course, because he knew he was going to have breakfast with them, and they needed to bring some fish to the breakfast, you know. Isn't that cool? ETs, they do it up above the spaceship, you know. Some kind of tractor beam with him. Get these all fish all together. Put them over there by the boat. 
So Ned, bring the net in, and then John looks at Peter and says, "It's the Lord, it's him," because they knew they would risen. You know, they had heard. Uh, they saw the tomb was empty. They heard uh, Martha had uh, a conversation with him. So Peter jumps off the boat, swims to the shore. They all you know, bring the boat in. Jesus said, "I got a fire going over here. You know, let's have some breakfast. You know, bring some fish." So they get over there and they sit down. They can't believe. Of course, they have the, you know, they, they hug him and they kiss him and, you know, Lord, is it really you? Yeah, look at my, I got holes in my hands here, holes in my feet. That yeah, was me. You know, I was crucified. How'd you do that? Well, I've performed all these miracles before. I mean, what's wrong with you? You don't think I, I could get myself resurrected? You know, because they wouldn't understand about ETs back then. I mean, that was like whoosh, way over their head. Understand about that? They could only understand so much, you know, and about. A man who was of a godly nature was more appropriate for their uh, level of understanding, if you know what I mean. So they're sitting around the fire there, and they're talking, and, oh, they're happy, so happy. But they've got a mission to perform. He knows that. Jesus knows that. that he's got to send them off. And he's, I mean, their faith has already been built, but just imagine what a tremendous faith builder that would be, you know, to sit around there and then go and spread the gospel to all the world, you know, tell them what you've seen. Tell them that I did all these miracles, that I died on the cross. I said I would. I would die and I would be brought back to life. And that's what happened. He was brought back to life by these ETs. But I don't even tell you. I already told you. I don't want to harp on it too much. So, and then he's talking with Peter. Peter, you love me. Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Ask him three times. And finally, Peter just breaks down and starts crying. Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, well, when you were young, you could go anywhere and do whatever you wanted. But when you get older, they're going to persecute you. So he saw in advance, you know, they can look into the future. These ETs can. They can predict pretty much with good reliability the way things are going to happen. You know, they, they knew that uh, they might be able to look into some kind of future machine, too. I'm not, I don't know about that. But being as intelligent as they are, they can pretty much predict with maybe almost 90, 100% reliability the way things are going to happen. He knew that they'd be persecuted. They'd be um, beaten. They'd be stoned. They'd be jailed later on in their life like Peter was, you know. But their faith was strong because what they'd seen, not only that, but then after walking around with Jesus, maybe not fully all the time, but at certain different times, they um, were there and saw him ascend up into the sky. And that's another great faith builder there. You know? See him say, look, just before he left, oh, he did appear uh, into the room also, you know, at one time, a couple of times, I forgot to mention that. But let's not forget that, you know, that Jesus did appear in those rooms at one time without doubting Thomas. And so he showed them his, his wounds. Here, put your hand in my side. And he breathed on them. You know, yeah, it's really me, you know. Awesome, huh? I'm back. Hey, I said I would. Cool. And then he came back again. Doors were closed. He beamed down. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Now you do, right? Unless you've got some other thing in your mind about how it happened, some fantasy that you really haven't given too much thought about. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. 
He beamed in that room twice. Yeah? Okay? You know, you can feel it in your spirit and soul. And that's what happened. And so back to the ascension, you know, he's, he's got his disciples all right there. Look, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be watching you. I will be with you. Okay? Don't forget me. Go ahead and spread the word. Spread the gospel. Tell people that God is real. Forgive their sins. You know, you can do that. Feel free to do that. Whatever you need to do, cast out demons, heal people, remember this very moment, and then maybe kiss them. They kissed and hugged, and he breathed on them again. Whatever he needed to do to build their faith up just one last time, and then slowly, you know, up and up above, attract the beam from the spaceship. They slowly began to rise. Goodbye. I love you. You know, I just imagine they were breaking down and sobbing, weeping like little babies, you know. And up he went till he was out of sight behind the clouds. And that's it, my friends. Isn't that great? That's the truth. Now, if you don't believe that, then you're entitled to your own opinion. But um, next time I start talking about this, don't don't have me start explaining it again and again, okay? Please, I'm just kidding. All right, now you know. So I'm going to go to church tomorrow. I, I got to hear all these young souls talk about stuff that they don't really give a whole lot of thought about. You know, he died for our sins. Oh, please, that don't get me fired up. That he died for our sins. Oh my God, he didn't die for our sins. He died because he had to be resurrected. But then. I guess I'm not being fair. I apologize. You're entitled to your opinion. But, by the way, go outside tonight, please, and look up at the stars. It's one of, the, one of those nights where we look up and see into the universe where our universal brothers and sisters are out there. The universe is teeming with life, my friends. Einstein knew it. All the really smart people know it, you know. And think of peace and Universal brotherhood and sisterhood, please, if you will, my friend. Just look up at the stars and say, think or say, ETs, I know you're out there. I know we're a, a lower evolutionary category planet. We've had a lot of war in our past, uh, even nowadays. I mean, they won't even put some genitalia on King Kong. That's where we are. We're still inhibited, you know, as a society. And I just have a few seconds left, my friends. So may the supreme creator of the universe bless us all, everyone, and protect us. And um, so happy Easter Sunday. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.